for Pacifica Radio, June 8th, 2023. I'm Scott Horton. This is Anti-War Radio. Alright y'all, welcome to the show. It is Anti-War Radio. I'm your host, Scott Horton. I'm editorial director of Antiwar.com. And I'm the editor of the book, Hotter Than the Sun, Time to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. You can find my full interview archive, almost 6,000 of them now, going back 20 years ago, at scotthorton.org and at youtube.com slash scotthortonshow and all the video sites, actually. And you can follow me on Twitter, if you dare, at scotthortonshow. All right, introducing Kit Clarenberg. I interview him all the time. He's from thegrayzone.com. And he does really good work there, which is what got him in trouble with the Scotland Yard, I think. Welcome to the show, Kit. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Well, I don't know if I'm cavorting with a felon here or just a, an accomplished journalist. But uh, there is no First Amendment over there in England where you're from. And I'm I, reading here at the Gray yeah. Zone that you got got over your journalism. Yeah, um, well, uh, it's yes, it's it, 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 it was quite a shock, really. I mean, I've not lived in the UK for uh, several years, and um, I returned uh, on uh, on the seventeenth of May to visit um, uh, an elderly uh, relative who, um, you know, uh, m- might not have much, very much longer left. So it was a it was an attempt to uh, uh, to bid them a warm uh, farewell, perhaps as bleak as that is. Um, you know, I pulled into Luton, which is one of the the worst airports in the entire world. The, the hottest places in hell have nothing on Luton on, on a Friday night. But in effect, when we landed, the pilot said over the tannoy, you know, everyone have your passports ready because border control is waiting around the corner. Now, in my naivety, I assumed or maybe hoped because there was some a sense in my mind that, you know, maybe I would get stopped coming back into the UK, uh, that maybe this, the airport had been uh, restructured uh, since I was last there. But no such luck. There was a team of six plainclothes officers waiting for me at the pretty much the on the you know the tarmac at the bottom of the the uh the the, the stairs uh, they were checking everyone's passport they saw mine they ordered me to come with them um immediately i, I was frog marched you know flanked by these uh, these officers whose names i never learned that i only learned their call signs and at one time at one point, sorry, uh, they one officer forgot another's call sign. Um, it's like, you know, are you B21 or C37? It was, you know, very surreal, uh, but, you know, not funny at all. Um, like, you know, I have at, to at say, the time, and I, was, I, I, was I have told a great I, imagination, and I'm picturing this as a scene in a movie with, yes. you know, good cinematography and everything. This is pretty exciting stuff when you're the protagonist in it, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was just uh, I, I, I was just more perplexing, really. Um, you know, at the time, it was just a bit like, okay, well, this is now happening. Um, it throws up all of these uncertainties. Um, you know, am I going to be thrown in Belmarsh? Um, you know, like you know, what's going to happen next? Uh, the um, uh, the the so yeah, I, I I I was walked to this back room which had no windows. I was extremely hot. Um, and they uh, they said that I was being held under uh, Schedule 3 of the 2019 Prevention of Terrorism Act. Now, this is a sweeping bit of legislation. It's not typically used against journalists. Um, they haven't got to that point yet. Maybe I'm the, you know, the first of, of, of a wider trend to come. But in effect, it, it grants police extraordinary 
and indeed unprecedented powers in the history of you know Western quote unquote democracy. Um, and it robs uh, suspects or interviewees of all sorts of fundamental rights. Um, and so it, it would have been a an arrestable offence to not answer their questions. Um, it would have been an arrestable offence not to hand over my passwords and patterns for unlocking my electronic devices. Uh, and, and I might add, you know, like Britain was the country that invented the right to silence, which, you know, much of the world um, to, you know, varying degrees of seriousness has taken up as a basic legal principle. Uh, and at one stage in British history, uh, it was enforced or you know, observed so stringently that it was actually illegal for suspects to, to um, testify in their defence at criminal trials because it was thought improper that anything they said in their defence might be, you know, turned against them or, or taken out of context or twisted. So, um, yes, uh, you know, this is, uh, it, it, it's quite remarkable. I think, you know, the, I mean, the US has uh, the, uh, the, the the Fifth Amendment, which is, you know, um, uh, the right right against self-incrimination. Um, you know, that, that didn't apply here. And so uh, I also, you know, I was subject to a quite invasive search. I had to take my shoes off. I was patted down. They went extensively through all of my bags and, my, you know, there were pockets. Uh, they took my bank cards, quite what they did with them, I'm not sure. Uh, they took my all of my SIM cards. I had some old foreign SIMs that I hadn't used in, in you know, a year or so that I had to give the PIN codes for. Um, I didn't even know these SIMs were working. What they did with them again, I don't know. Um, and, um, yes, uh, then we got down to business in terms of asking questions now you know they uh said said up front well you know you're probably gonna be wondering why why are we asking you this in this kind of friendly cheerful way although you know i mean it was you know i i'm still in many cases asking myself now um and none of the answers i can come up with are pleasant or anything but sinister so they asked me um you know do i have a relationship with the russian government am i in touch with um uh russian media um uh, uh operatives am i do i have I had any known contact with Russian intelligence officials? Um, does the grey zone have uh, any uh, agreement arrangement with the Russian government? Does it publish hacked material as part of a, a, a dedicated agreement with the FSB, which is the Russian Federal Security Service? You know, it, it just went on and on and on. There were specific questions about my journalism. They asked me about my recent 9-11 investigation, which kind of concluded that it, it was highly likely that two of the 9-11 um, hijackers at least may well have been um, knowingly or unknowingly recruited as assets by the CIA. You know, they, they, they were particularly interested in that. They were interested about my my background in terms of how I got into national security reporting. They kept on returning to this. They thought it was strange. It was quite incongruous, the fact that they kept on driving this point home, particularly given that I made clear to them that I studied um, uh, politics at university, so therefore, you know, would have an interest in this kind of uh, topic in this field. Um, yeah, the, and you know, the, all of the questions were about grazing. It was the pretty much the sole focus. Um, they wanted to know how much I was paid. Had I met Max Blumenthal? What are your bank account details of the account that you're paid by Grayzone? You know, it just it, as I said, it just went on and on and on. And it's interesting, Kit, that. It seems like all the questions that you cite as examples, they were all things that they could know through signals intelligence without ever talking to you in the first place, right? It almost sounds yes. like just a perjury trap. Yes. Yes, exactly. I mean, it just, it seemed like, it seemed like a mass fishing expedition. And actually, I, you know, when they were asking who funds Grey Zone, how does it work? You know, how, how does the, um, 
uh, you know, how, how, um, how is, how is your, how is the business structured? Um, you know, like do, does anyone apart from you or Max have access to the gray zone servers? Um, do you, <laughs> who has access to the gray, you know, to gray zones, email addresses and stuff. And it's like, you know, some, some of these questions, I didn't even really know the answer. So, you know, it's it, 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 when they're, but, but you do feel this compulsion to, you know, answer as, as comprehensively as you possibly can. Um, you know, I felt I had nothing to hide. I felt I'd done nothing wrong. Um, you know, I answered, you know, th- their questions as, as as comprehensively as I as I thought was uh, appropriate and necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even thanked me for, um, uh, you know, being so forthright, etc. I mean, you know, maybe they were just that was just window dressing. But yes, it, it, the whole thing was extremely bizarre. And I think that it, you know, the more and more that I think about it, the more it was, you know, extremely an extremely unpleasant, invasive experience. And, you know, I, I am heartened that, the, that so many, you know, average you know private citizens have thought that this is absolutely disgusting and you know they are i mean particularly outside of the uk they find the idea that you would not have a right to silence completely shocking um and yes as i say britain is the country that is you know the the mother of all democracies that they're amazed by it um you know people ask me you know why didn't you remain silent well i would have been arrested and potentially jailed so you know i mean it's uh yeah it's 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 one hell of a trap and i might add the wording of the legislation under which I was held is terrifyingly vague and broad and it has so for instance schedule three refers to potential state threats now this is you know stopping means that they can stop people at uk borders if they feel that this person poses a threat to yes uh, sorry poses a state threat or is acting um on behalf of a hostile state uh, of a hostile state against british interests now the wording states that an individual doesn't need to know or or be consciously acting on behalf of a foreign state to pose a state threat. But not only that, the state on uh, who they're acting for doesn't need to know either. So it's one hell of a conspiracy where the two conspirators don't know that they are conspiring with each other in service of a particular goal. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I think that you know we're getting into the realm here where you know we've had. Probably the, the, the real turning point was, you know, like Russiagate, etc. But we have had years of supposed disinformation experts who are actually just experts in spinning disinformation themselves and censorship saying that, well, even if someone is unwittingly broadcasting or transmitting or disseminating or amplifying, quote unquote, Russian disinformation narratives, which could be that the war in Iraq was an illegal war of aggression, according to them, then they are effectively guilty of collaborating in a Russian information operation, even if they're doing so unwittingly, and therefore they are legitimate targets for censorship and and much more besides online. Now, this seems to be ever increasingly enshrined in law, where whatever the government says constitutes disinformation becomes so. And not only is, yes, kind of, um, uh, provides a rationale for um, you know cens- censorship and and uh, and uh, uh, and other you know anti free speech anti democratic moves, mm-hmm. but you know could potentially constitute a criminal offence. Yeah. All right. So it's anti war radio. I'm Scott Horton, and I'm talking with Kit Clarenberg from thegrayzone.com. And I got a few things on my mind already at this point in the interview, Kit. The first one is that you guys ought to wear this as a badge of honor. You guys do such great work. Max and Aaron, uh, Aaron Mate, of course, 
uh, I never say it right. It's Aaron Mate. And yes. and your great work and I'm forgetting uh the other guys' names off the top of my head, Rubenstein and uh, a couple others do such great work over there. And so you deserve this in the ironical best sense of that term. And as I wrote on Twitter when I first heard about this, you're quoted numerous times. I already told you this before. You're quoted numerous times in my new book that I'm working on now because you do absolutely crucial journalism. So good for you in that sort of scary way. But so let me ask you, is Julian Assange in doing solitary confinement at Belmarsh on your mind as you're sitting there? You already mentioned, what are they going to do to me? And you mentioned Belmarsh. They already have made an example out of him and you're worried they're going to make one out of you too, huh? Yeah, well, exactly. And I just, I just think it's, um, yeah, I mean, funnily enough, I was reading N N Nils Melzer's book on, um, you know, he's the, he was the UN special rapporteur on torture uh, as I was, as I was flying in, um, you know, that's been playing on my mind a lot. It's, yes, it, it, it's, I just think that it, 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 you know, in that context, yes, as I say, it seemed like a fishing expedition. It seemed like an attempt to gather all sorts of information. If it's the case that British intelligence legitimately think that grey zone is a, you know, for FSB front, or that I myself am somehow, you know, a Russian state operative, you know, receiving secret direct directives and, um, you know, fr from the Kremlin, then they're completely insane. They make Alex Jones look a sober and sensible analyst. Um, really, you know, it, it's just mind boggling. And I, I, when I was asked very detailed questions on you know, how we receive leaks, etc., it did spring to mind that yes, they are trying to find out our sources. They specifically asked me when I, you know, started off the in kicked off the interview. Do you have any journalistic material with with you? Because you know we wouldn't want to uh, pick by accident. And you know, I was asked all sorts of questions about my affiliations to press organizations and you know journalist unions etc um, and they were asking what kind of protections and benefits there are of, of, of joining these organizations and it's just like well I mean surely they would know that I mean perhaps they truly were kind of operating in the dark they don't understand how journalism works and they were also trying to gauge how much trouble they were in for um, detaining me um, it's all, all very perverse yes one thing that did spring to mind when I was being you know grilled on non-existent connections to the FSB was how one of the reasons that the that WikiLeaks was designated designated a hostile non-state actor by the CIA under Mike Pompeo. I think I was after the Vault 7 um, disclosures and bombshell stuff about you know the way that the CIA operates you know in, in digital spaces the reason they did that was because they were tearing their proverbial hair out trying to prove that Julian had ties to Russia or was acting for Russia and they couldn't prove it because there was no evidence. And it's like, well, yeah, in that con in that in that context, well, I mean, you know, might I or indeed Grey Zone be, you know, subject to the same kind of categorization because they can't find this this type of connection? Um, yeah, you know, there are all sorts of uncertainties and unknowns from my perspective, even at this stage. You know, the police still have some of my property. Um, they have not, there's been no indication of when I might get it back. Uh, the, it's being held on the basis that an officer thinks that it might, may, may, they, you know, May's doing a lot of heavy lifting there, um, be relevant to criminal proceedings. Um, you know, 
it's you know that in itself is disturbing and disquieting and it has a chilling effect um you know i mean we at the gray zone you know we refuse to be intimidated or bullied by anyone um and you know the um i i am extremely grateful to um to count as friends and colleagues some of the the finest journalists um uh, and indeed the bravest journalists working today as you mentioned alex rubenstein um anya parampel max blumenthal and aaron Matte, who've had my back every step of the way on this and i'm you know i i forever indebted to them but not only that like you know we we do have you know tens of thousands of people if not more you know hundreds of thousands of people around the world um who support us who think that this is appalling who have denounced this um and you know stand stand ready uh to um you know to fight back if there are further escalations um you know again from a personal perspective it's not difficult to feel anxious and paranoid because you know is there a sense of well we can if we haven't been able to prove this charge um or you know validate this bullshit narrative um well then what else can we get him on uh you know there's a kind of limbo there and i'm not going to you know feel any degree of uh of uh calm and serenity about this until it's the the case is well and truly closed um you know again when that is i'm not sure yeah man sorry hang on just one second Hey, y'all, Scott Horton here for Tennessee Hot Sauce Company. Man, this stuff is so good. They got all different flavors. Garlic habanero, honey habanero, pineapple habanero, poblano jalapeno, and the blood orange ghost. They're all so good, I swear. And for a limited time, Tennessee Hot Sauce Company is featuring official Scott Horton Hotter Than The Sun thermonuclear hot sauce. It's full of Carolina Reapers, Scorpion Peppers, Dr. Pepper, Hydrogen Isotopes, and all kinds of things that'll burn your tongue clean off. Seriously, it's really good. Get yourself a hot sauce subscription. Spend $40 or more and use promo code SCOTT to get a free bottle of Hotter Than The Sun hot sauce. That's tnhotsauceco.com. Hey, y'all gotta check out these awesome busts of our hero, the great Ron Paul. They're made by the renowned sculptor Rick Casali. They're 13 inches tall, hand-painted bronze resin based on Casale's brilliant original. Y'all may have seen mine in the background on my bookshelf in some recent interviews. The thing is unbelievable. Check out this incredible piece of art at rickcasale.com slash ronpaul and you'll see what I mean. Use promo code Horton and you'll save 25 bucks. And this show will get a little kickback too. That's rickcasale.com slash ronpaul. Casale is C-A-S-A-L-I rickcasali.com slash ron paul and there's free shipping too all right it's anti-war radio talking with kit clarenberg what a story here i mean who knows exactly how the different authorities operate you know uh, and the different jurisdictions and what have you but again it seems like all the questions that they asked you were all things that they could have figured out just by tapping your phone anyway or doing the old uh, you know giving you the old snowden routine so what I wonder is whether you think this is maybe an indication of a new Russiagate hoax being built since they know better. You know, I wonder whether they're working on something against the gray zone or something even bigger than that. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that since the invasion of Ukraine began, like all over the Western world, I think particularly in Britain, the gloves are off in terms of, um, you know, uh, straight up censorship, in terms of, you know, the criminalization of dissenting viewpoints and those and inconvenient facts and those espousing or amplifying them. And I, you know, it really wouldn't surprise me 
if there is going to be yes you know, fur, you know further action against us if not by the state despite the fact that yes the uh, the british state is um you know just off leash in terms of criminalizing and prosecuting people at the moment i mean th- there is a, there is an individual called graham phillips who is a vlogger uh you know vlogger uh who he he i think that you know i couldn't disagree with him more politically and i, I think that he did the wrong thing but he traveled to you uh, Eastern Ukraine when the war broke out and uh, embedded himself with the uh, Donetsk and uh, the Lugansk uh, 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 separatists. And as a result, he interviewed um, Ukrainian prisoners of war on camera. Now, I think that that was the wrong thing to do. um, You know, and I condemn, uh, you know, know, that, that activity. But at the same time, it, this resulted in the British state seizing his assets and his home. Now, they did this with, you know, just unilaterally did this. And they, and they also, there was internal legal advice that they took, which said that you have absolutely no basis for doing this. But they just went ahead and did it anyway. And, but, you know, in um, Phillips is a controversial character and also he had no real social media presence. Um, so, I mean, I think they probably thought that they could just get away with it. Um, you know, in my case, because, yes, there's been this huge you know, outcry and this, this outpouring of, um, of shock and solidarity uh, within and without the UK, I, I suspect that if they wish to you know, destroy my reputation or kind of go after me, they might do so insidiously via bogus civil society voices or, you know, organisations like Bellingcat or or friendly journalists. Now, one of the really interesting things was the new uh, the uh, the National Union of Journalists, which is a, um, a journalist organisation in in the UK. They put out a statement on my detention. It was quite mild. It was quite concise. It just said it it said that this is deep, you know deeply concerning that that these powers were deployed against journalists, and it also. Um, uh, it, it, it stated that this is this will be obvi- of obvious concern to ju- ju- to all journalists um, that, that that this was that this was done, uh, and I think that in the, if they you know quite pithily cut to the core of this, which is this is not about me. This is about you know wider issues of press freedom and the right to publish things the government doesn't like. Now this statement was deleted within about twenty four hours, and it seems I that. Saw the, that. Yeah, it was retracted without explanation, and they've refused to answer questions from myself and numerous other people who, who've been in touch. Isn't including, that something? Yeah, including NUJ members who've said this is absolutely shocking and have called out the organisation publicly. And so, the the, the, the um, I, I suspect that the primary cause of this was this huge backlash online from the large number of people I've pissed off over the years. I mean, you know, it's just you know, too many people to list who were slamming the NUJ in the, in the harshest possible terms for doing this. And, you know, the overriding narrative that they seemed to want to get going was that, you know, I'm not a journalist. Therefore, you know, the obvious implication being that, well, this isn't a shocking attack on press freedom. This is uh, a shocking attack on an individual who, you know, may be a bit shady. And, you know, several people have been pushing that line. I'm not a journalist. Now, there are very clear parallels with what happened with Julian Assange here, where, you know, one of the ways in which they powers that be sought to destroy sympathy for him was by minting the narrative that he's not a, a journalist. He is a spy or a hacker or a, you know, very reckless publisher of sensitive information and this you very effectively neutralized a lot of sympathy for him and support for him and served to justify his detention and harassment by authorities and you know i see that happening with 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 myself and it's really um uh yeah it's it's pretty disturbing and that yeah there are there, there, well now um, wait a minute let me ask you here because they have some sort of 
sophistry where they say that, well, Assange is publishing these documents and just outright dumping them instead of, which he doesn't outright dump them, but that's the way they frame it, rather than publishing articles about them like you would read in the Washington Post or something. But so I read your articles and their articles for a news site and presumably Blumenthal pays you the nickel or something for him. So yeah. is is there a form of an argument that you're not a journalist or just that's a name they're calling you, not a journalist? Yeah, that's the, I mean, that's the, I mean, I, I'm I'm reporting, you know, I, I and I think that it's, it's you know, very cur- curiously and sinisterly the one of I've written about this. You can find the article on my Substack. One of the ways that the, the Guardian and the New York Times very, very, very cynically set up Julian Assange was that they um, worked with him on the Afghan war logs, which, you know, there was this was you know, vast amounts of material that was um, you know, showing that the absolutely shocking state of the intervention in, in Afghanistan and, 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 you know, exposing US war crimes, etc. The, the, the Guardian and New York Times worked very closely with him on this. And then when it got time to publication, they got cold feet because they were worried about being directly associated with the material in terms of you know them facing legal re- repercussions for this. And so they effectively asked Julian Assange to publish the documents first so they could just claim that they were reporting on them rather than they were publishing them. And this has been, you know, for a very long time, a very important distinction. So, I mean, you know, it's not something that I seek to weaponize and exploit myself, but the fact of the matter is I am reporting on hacked information. I am not, uh, um, or allegedly hacked information or leaked information. I'm not um, publishing the material itself myself. Um, you know that's you know done through 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 grey zone. You know I I um, yes receive uh, a nickel or two every now and then from Max for um, doing this uh, for reporting on um, the information that we receive in, in the form of leaks. Now in that context, and I, this was a point I tried to make to the interviewing officers. You know actually. What what matters because they suggested that you know, what you do is not in it might not be in the public interest is that yes is that and it might be furthering you know Russian war aims or something I mean I just <laughs> it's just utterly utterly bizarre so I just made the point that well in that context when you receive leaked information the where it comes from and whatever agenda the person leaking it um, or providing it to you has is that it is rather irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly irrelevant when the CIA hack into, you know, Iranian or Chinese or Russian government computers and then dump it on the Internet via DDoS secrets. And then the Intercept publishes work on it and they win awards. And then it's used to justify the, the drone murder of General Soleimani. But I mean, that's you know, a separate question. But the, but yes, that like when you report on leaked information, the information itself is the source. If it, it can be authenticated and if it's in the public interest to publish it, then you know, that that should be under, you know, existing press standards and, and, and conventions, legitimate grounds. Um, but no, we are shifting very, very, very quickly into the realm of, um, you know, even possessing 
uh, or reporting on classified information mm -hmm. is a criminal offence. In the UK, there is this hugely draconian and terrifying bit of legislation called the National Security Bill, which has been passed and will come into effect very soon, which will make it potentially up to life imprisonment for a journalist or a publisher or an editor to be in possession of classified material. This has received zero negative coverage in the Brit mainstream British media. It has been basically ignored by every mainstream journalist covering national security. Now, could that be because it doesn't affect them at all? Like <laughs> the kind of leaks, as I mentioned, that they're going to be publishing will be handed to them by directly by the CIA or MI6 or, or any of these, you know, this welter of sinister alphabet soup agencies that were really running things in the Western world. That, you know, that, that, that when they when they publish, you know, quote unquote, exclusives and, and all these scoops, it's because the powers that be want this information out there. They're not going to be affected by, you know, a bit, uh, you know legislation that's massively restricting what the public is allowed to know and yes like what journalists are allowed to report on because they're yeah. not journalists they are stenographers for power hey listen i mean the thing is this is so important and you know i know you and to you it's all about you you're the center of the story but for everyone here this is a fire bell in the night this is the most important thing the ministry of truth over there on airstrip one is clamping down hard on an independent journalist they don't have a first amendment over there but they are susceptible to public pressure and public opinion and this should be an absolute scandal and outrage and especially uh, when they're doing this to a journalist of your caliber and so I guess we'll see where the other reporters stand. Those who sacrifice Assange and say he's not a real journalist. Is that what they're going to try to say about you? And now I guess real quick, because we're out of time, but do you know, are you under criminal investigation of some kind or they were really just trying to intimidate you once? Well, yeah, I mean, it, uh, theoretically, I am my my SD card which is primarily music and yes photos of brutalism um is still being held by police um quite why i don't know but this is the, the reason their reason for holding it is the fact that they a, they feel it may be relevant emphasis on may to criminal proceedings mm. so yes i'm effectively still under investigation and still in limbo so um you know write to your congress people um <laughs> you know write to your parliamentarians and please you know make a stink about this because as, as i say this is not just about me this is about whether we're going to allow governments to, in in the supposedly free democratic West, to dictate what we're allowed, what we're allowed to say and know. And this is a very perilous situation where, yes, Britain and America are leading the charge very rapidly. Um, you know, trying to police not only you know, online but also you know, like private discussion. It's really disturbing. Yep. All right, you guys. That is Kit Clarenberg from the thegrayzone.com and read Max Blumenthal's piece all about what happened to him here. British police detain journalist Kit Clarenberg. Interrogate him about the Gray Zone. That's at thegrayzone.com. Thank you for your time, Kit. Cheers, Scott. All right, you guys, and that's it for Anti-War Radio for today. I'm Scott Horton. Check out my website, scotthorton.org, for all the archives. And I'm at Scott Horton Show on Twitter. And I'm here every Thursday from 2.30 to 3 on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. See you next week.